Hey guys, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Messed up. We're back. I know you guys don't even know what happened. We tried to start it. It didn't work. Second try. Take two. Action. Okay, Michael, Victoria. Hey. <laughs> that was the, okay. <laughs> and uh, our friend, dance partner, best friend, Lonnie. Hello. Uh, guys, again, we're doing this topic about belief systems, where they come from, why do we all believe what we believe, and um, yeah, just open some more minds like we always do. So, as you know, guys, I'm spiritual. Uh, Victoria is spiritual, and Lonnie, she is a... I'm a Christian. She's a Christian, so we're just going to talk about that today. Figure out why I believe what I believe, where it came from, uh, and everybody's belief. And uh, Lonnie was nice enough to allow us to ask her some questions about her belief. Because some of you people, yeah, yeah, I said it. Some of you listening, are, don't let us do that. You get offended. But anyways, I love y'all. Okay, let's just be talking. Uh, just kidding. So here we go. Um, the time of the truck. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, guys, we're in traffic. The truck needs to like hurry up and go so we can get past it. Okay. Oh, sorry. So again, Lonnie, we start with the same question again. Uh, I mean, where did your beliefs come from? So my beliefs started like most people who have belief systems, or most people who are learning anything. If you think about it, like when you're a kid, your parents teach you. So uh, I grew up in church. My parents and my mother's grandparents uh, were Christians when I was growing up. So originally, I learned from people at my church and from my family. Yeah, that's good. I mean, pretty much where all of us do, you know. I mean, why do we know anything that we know? Because of the way that we grew up. So, we're literally just going to go with the questions that I have. Victoria, you can actually read the first one, so I don't have to look at my phone and read it. You can it out and then give it to her. Right? And it's kind of like, this is like a three-part. Take your time with it. Answer it how you wish. This is like for you. Alright, so the first question is, what would you say to someone who said... Prove to me that there is a God, or how would you prove there is a God, or what proof do you have? So real quick before you hand it to me. So cliche, you know, the cliche every Christian every Christian gets, you know, what proof you got. Now, relative to you, let's see what you got. So I always am cautious when we talk about this kind of topic because I want to come to it as a point of like discussion and a point of sharing, not as like an argument, like I'm going to make you believe what I believe. So anytime someone has asked me that, um, I just always make it clear at the beginning, like, yeah, let's definitely talk about this, but I'm not going to try to convince you and I'm not going to try to make you believe what I believe because I don't think that those are fruitful conversations for anybody. We just leave frustrated. Yeah. So I would say that the most basic proof, I think for a deity for a god would be creation and you can call it nature you can call it the earth whatever but i call it creation because i think that it's so intricately designed the weather systems the water systems the blood systems in our bodies they're just so intricate that i cannot comprehend on it just on a human net level not even on a christian religious standpoint level but i cannot comprehend on a human level how something this intricate could exist without some sort of force behind it without some sort of intention without a creation um so that would probably be my number one thing that i would go to to say proof of a deity would be look around you like look yeah so nature our bodies our minds are themselves how they function ouch um agreed and like I, I, as a spiritual person, you know, I say that all the time too. I tell everybody, I'm like, look around you. What do you mean? It's specifically, it's for the atheists out there. You know, I'm just going to be honest. If there's any listening, I would love to have one of you guys on the show. Really, really, really 
would love to have one of you guys on the show, not going to lie. But I don't want no fake inquiries. Serious inquiries only with atheists. If you don't know what it means and you're not a serious atheist, do not come to me. Um, I want a real atheist. Someone who doesn't believe in any type of higher power. I want a real atheist. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Yes, I agree with that, Lonnie, everything, because, I mean, to anybody, any person religion, you can't tell me, you can't look around and tell me that this was not here for something, you know, some intention. Um, I like that. Okay. Now, a lot of people, not what I'm saying, a lot of people would go back on that and say, well, you know, what about the Big Bang? Is there, you don't have to, but is there anything, because I do have context in the Bible about that, do you have anything to say about the Big Bang, like what people, like, you know, what if they say, well, what about the Big Bang, you know, that's where we came from. Definitely. I would say to people who try to use some sort of scientific theory or some sort of uh, scientific observation to disprove Christianity, I would say to them, you guys know that I believe that there is a being so infinite and huge that he created the universe. Do you not also think that I believe he could start it however he wants? He can do a big bang. He can say, let there be light and there's light. Like, I don't think that there's any way that the Big Bang could be an argument against a Christian worldview or a Christian view of creation because we don't truly know how this world started and God can do it however he wants. He's big enough to do that. So that's a good question. A lot of people bring that up all the time. And um, for some reason, it's a real friction point between um, Bible-believing Christians and uh, the wider culture. But I don't really get why. Yeah, hold on. And, uh, yeah, I agree with that. And from my from my knowledge of the Bible, when people would talk to me when I was a devout Christian, so to speak, or lack of a better term, every time someone would talk to me about that, I'd be like, well, again, pretty much what you said. You know, God said, I mean, that's the God of creation. He can do it whatever he wants. It doesn't matter. He could have waved a little wand and said, here's a tree, you know, or he could have went snap and there's a bang. Uh, but... Even I'll even take science. We can say scientists were right. They say the Big Bang happened, but you can't tell me what that Big Bang came from. You can't tell me what caused that singularity out of nothing. Yeah. Because uh, we just can't go back that far. We don't know. You know, our minds only able to comprehend so much. But uh, yes, here's Victoria with number two. All right. So the next question is, what makes yours right? So your belief, why is yours right? And I think Michael was coming this from more of a standpoint of. There's hundreds upon thousands of different religions out there in this world. And, you know, Christians claim that theirs is the only one that's correct. So, some, not this. Yeah, yeah. So, this is a great question, especially with the increase we have in, like, interest in other religions here in the United States. And I've been asked this a lot myself um, by international students where I used to work. That's a side note. Anyway, um... So this might be something that some of you have never heard before. It might be something that you guys have heard a hundred times as an answer to this question as to what makes Christianity right. But out of the world religions that I've looked into, which I can't say that I've looked into the smaller ones, but out of Islam, out of Hinduism, out of Buddhism, even into Shintoism a little bit, I can say that I haven't found a God who brings himself to our level and when he was here with us, he asked nothing of us. Um, he, he literally lived a human life. He didn't come as a king. He didn't come as a warrior. He didn't come as someone to be glorified or adored. He came as the son of an illegitimate poor, uh, the, the illegitimate son in their society's eyes of a poor woman. 
Um, he grew up with everybody thinking that he was an illegitimate child. They were poor. Uh, we know that because in Scripture, uh, it's recorded that they brought the smallest offering available when it was time for him to go for his first uh, circumcision at the temple. They brought two doves, which means that they were among the poorest in their society. They couldn't afford a larger animal. So uh, he came in a very humble situation. And then when he was promoting God's kingdom, he wasn't doing it from a huge platform. He wasn't saying, I'm you know, God's messenger and you have to listen to me. He was literally walking from city to city and he was asking people for food and asking, hey, we have this message for you. Can we stay with you? And if they said no, he didn't have a place to sleep that night. And he would uh, go out into the wilderness and pray, that kind of thing. So wrapping back to the question, what makes Christianity right? Never have I heard of a religion where God comes seeking after humans and he lives their lives and can relate to them on their level. In other religions, humans seek after God. They have to reach a certain level of mysticism or a certain level of good works. But Jesus doesn't ask that of you. He never asks you to do anything that he himself did not do. That was actually uh, very well worded. And it actually opened my mind a little bit because I um, never looked at it from that perspective because that's a very good point. I myself have never heard of a religion where a god came put him basically put his feet in our shoes okay bro and um you know that was a very good point so i can definitely see how that was i agree i like i love i love hearing things that like i've never heard before either that's why i want that's why i do these things so people can open hopefully be open-minded enough and listen to it um As another point that I had about what she was saying, and I, I can't remember what she was saying or what I was saying. Um, oh yeah, okay. So in Native American culture, um, the religions were more so uh, on Mother Nature in the universe type thing. And they, in the books I, in the book I have, I should have read some, and we might still can. But there's stories about their religion of their gods coming down to their level, and that's the only other. And even then, it wasn't in like a human form, though. They still did special tasks or something. Um, but, yeah, so Christianity definitely is the only one that I've heard where God's like, yeah, I'm just a person. Just down here with you guys. You know what I'm saying? So. Religions. There are lots of stories where gods come to the earth in some form and they spend some time on the earth and they accomplish a mission of some sort or they send a message of some sort. But to my knowledge, there is not a god that I'm aware of that has come to the earth, lived the poorest of lives in our society just to be able to to relate to us on a personal level through all of our sufferings and all of our joys an entire human lifetime in that situation so uh, I have heard of others like you said but not that yeah. one specific Victoria do you have any input on any of this on this one? Oh, no but I do have a question Yeah, go. For it. sometimes I wonder you know and I think I wonder if a lot of people wonder this too well, like why did he only come once? You know what I mean? Of course, we'll never want, we'll question. never know. But like, no, obviously, it's going to be really hard for people of our day and age to believe a story from thousands and thousands of years ago. And why are we required to have more faith than those back then who lived around him and could see and 
witness his miracles and things that he did you know like why is it on us to to have that faith when when they kind of had that that visual you know proof kind of thing you know like why is there why didn't he stick around or you know it leaves something there like so just to clarify why does everything have to be based on faith to clarify for me and for the people listening you're just asking like why he came once yeah and didn't stay basically okay yeah okay go ahead that's a great question. I think that that's something that every Christian has asked herself or himself before. Like, wow, those people must have had it so easy. They got to believe in him when he was here. And I'm having to, like, read these scriptures and try to apply it to my life myself. Uh, and, well, of course, with the help of other church members. But if we go back and read scripture, we actually see that there was a, a ton of doubt in the followers of Christ. We see Judas Iscariot, who was one of the close followers of Jesus, had selected uh, to be his like close students. They're called disciples. And there was a man named Judas who actually ended up turning him over to the officials, and that's how his death started. Even his closest follower didn't have that faith. Um, Jesus had siblings who we know through reading scriptures during his lifetime did not believe in him. But then one of them ended up becoming a writer of some of the documents we have in the Bible. So um, I think it can be easy to read the scriptures and say, wow, they must have had so much faith because it all is written down very clearly for us. But I think in the moment, living it was much more confusing and they also had to go off of faith, which still leaves the question you have to acknowledge, why is it so hard to believe sometimes? That, That question is still there. But I think that it's more difficult than we might think, having been there in the moment. Yeah, I mean, it does. It definitely does a little bit. But I think it's like, because I mean, I know I've, you know, I mean, I grew up in a Baptist church, you know, and I'm only here recently, probably within the past year, have really like found my own doubts. But um, I think for me, it was more so like obviously, you know, like I mean, the story of like the blind man where. God, you know, Jesus tells him, is yeah. it like he puts mud on his eyes and then he goes and like washes it off or something, yeah. you know, I mean, something specifically that like if I had witnessed that mm-hmm. or like, you know, the people that lowered that guy in from, you know, the rooftop, like they cut a hole in the ceiling and said like, please heal my friend, you know, and he just gets up and walks the fuck yeah. out. Like, of course I'm going to be like, oh shit, man. Like, okay, you're the real deal, yeah. you know, but like, I mean, of course, you know, like. I don't know how any disciple could question that, you know, watch someone follow him around and, you know, I mean, like, I don't even know how that person had doubt watching that happen over and over and over and over and over again, you know, like, to me, like, that's all I need. I can literally just see someone, you know, touch my friend that's paraplegic and he gets up and walks out. I'd be like, all right, okay, I guess I know what I believe now, (laughs) you know, like, it would really take only one instance for me, so I don't really know why that guy had his own doubts and... We may never know, but, like, I think that's more so, like, my standpoint. And I don't even know if that's, I mean, that's nothing anybody can really answer. That's just, like, questions that we all have and, and wonder about. Like, that was actually really good. I had two things to come off. One, don't. I may sound like a preacher here. Uh, I'm not defending the Christianity, but I am going to make a valid point that just came to me. In the Bible, it talks about, I'm kind of answering my question that I asked you. In the Bible, it talks about God, Jesus only coming back once and, you know, being in the flesh, and that was his time, and then he left. Uh, and, like, people question why he was only here once. Well, I think to understand the significance of why he was there once, you kind of need to fast forward to where he dies. Um, 
And why was Jesus on the cross? If you translate it literally and get in depth, it's because basically he's paid for everything that we're ever going to do that's bad. All the wrath that we, all the failure and like the things that we do falling short of God, he's paying for right then. So we never have to pay for it. And that's it. Like he doesn't need to pay multiple times for that. Point. He's awesome. paying once. Yes. And because oh, again, he, look at me, I'm ashamed now. I focus on the wrong aspect of the question, but that is a great answer. But again, you know, he I'm is the God. He is the Jesus, so he's only going to suffer once and then Well, but leave. nobody said he had to come suffer a million times. No, no, God God said, son, you will go down here, you will see these people, and I'm sorry, but you have to take, you know, we love them, we created them, and so I'm going to kill you for their sins because you're my one and only son. It just feels unfair. It's very unfair. It but that's how much... But that's how much, uh, in an aspect of God's love, He loves us, that we is un- uncomprehendable. Uh, the other part of that was, so here's a question, right? We used to think, 40-something years ago, that stuff we were making houses out of and buildings out of were fine. Come to find out, asbestos gives us cancer. So we had to stop making houses out of that, right? And lead paint. And lead paint. So my point being there is, at some point in time, someone said, no, this is the way, bro. We Look at it. Look, we're building houses. It works. It's fine. We're good. Hold that oh, we're good. And uh, until somebody realized one day, uh, wait, did you see that flaw? You know? So I guess that's not a question, but to me, it's more like, I wonder if that day is possible or may happen. Whereas, what if we figured out something different? But anyways, what's that for that? Multiverse. Okay. The multiverse. Have you heard of the multiverse theory? Um, vaguely. So the multiverse theory is the theory that there's an infinite amount of universes all coexisting on the same dimensional plane. Okay. So, Side note, I'm a dance major and I'm doing my senior project on this. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the multiverse, again, um, um, it's the theory that there's an infinite amount of universes of all possible outcomes coexisting on the same dimensional plane. Meaning, in this moment where we're at, right here around us, there's another dimension like for the outcome of me throwing my phone over there. There's, there's an out universe for everything. So, as a Christian, and again, this is a theory, but there is a lot of... Not facts. There's a lot of information that makes this theory very plausible, almost. Um, I mean, just think, given the amount of the universe, the infinite, how big the universe is, you know? Um, what if we proved that other universes existed because if we did you know I mean that w- there would be a universe meaning that I was worshipped as a god or the car was worshipped as a god or whatever was worshipped as a god so and I guess what I'm trying to ask is if that was proven would you say that your god is the god of all those or is that your god was just the god of our universe the one that you're living in right now that's a great question considering that that's not something I think that's talked about a lot um in the Christian sphere um it might not be something that's talked about a lot in general, honestly. I just, I don't hear that a lot in general. But it's a really interesting concept. So you kind of answered my the way I would answer in that. I would say that the God, my God would be God of all those universes. Um, and that he would be working his will in all of those universes for the good of those universes. Which is very interesting because I've kind of thought about this a little bit regarding... I don't know how off topic we want to get. But I will just say... Okay, I will just say that if there are other universes, other multi, other universes, other dimensions, other planets even with aliens on them, 
Um, I think that God has a specific plan for those creations because I think that he's a good God and he loves everything that he creates like a parent. And so maybe on Mars they do it different, but ultimately he has a plan for him and creation to be one on Mars and in a different universe parallel to this one, even though... For you it's kind of like the God is all the universes are different paths. That's right. For you, you're trying to, I guess what I'm saying that you're wording is, if there were other universes, your God is still the God of all of them, and there's all a final destination, the universe would just be technically different paths to said destination. More or less, yeah. Our our destination would be unity with God. And every uh, universe is just a Whatever universe. Yes, exactly. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Okay, cool, cool. That was a very good question, good topic. Um, did you have some? Nope. Uh, that's a very good topic, question. Um... Purgatory. Purgatory. Interesting. Interesting with purgatory. So, purgatory, meaning, let's make sure we're all on the same page here, Victoria and Lonnie. My understanding of purgatory is basically we would die and we would be in whatever place where we wouldn't know that we were dead, and that's basically where we're living. Yeah. Correct? It's a Catholic concept. Um, It's a... It's a Catholic concept that after you die, there's a place of waiting um, before you end up in your initial judgment place. So they believe in hell. You can go from purgatory to hell or you can go from purgatory into heaven, depending on what you've done and how good you were in life. Yeah, that was much better explained. Um, Well, damn it, that kind of sucks because we'd never know. (laughs) I guess that's the whole concept of purgatory is not really knowing. It could Um, be here now. It could be here now. So, uh, what's after purgatory? Aliens, my really Yes, yes. Uh, well, my per- thing for purgatory was, uh, man, for purgatory. You just wrote purgatory. What if? We explained about it. Was. So, what would purgatory be to the to the? I mean, if it existed, let's say from the Catholic perspective, we're getting out of our context here. But if they believe in that, would that mean that I could live whatever life I wanted to live, and then just say sorry when I was in purgatory and make it to heaven? Or is it saying that this is why I'm going to sit and wait till I have to fucking suffer because that's my fate no matter what? Like, what would the point be of a waiting? God says he'll judge you, you know, on that day or whatever. Why would you have to wait? Yeah, let's do a quick Google search. Uh, So while Victoria is our technical person, she's going to do some Googling for us. While she's Googling that, though, I want to talk about aliens. Uh, So would your faith be shaken if you saw a UFO come down here right now in front of Uh, us and a little alien walked out? Wait. Oh, sorry. Wait, actually, no, no, Victoria, we'll go back. ahead. We'll jump back. Okay. Okay. Um, no, actually, it would it would not. I definitely believe in aliens uh, on some level. Like we said, whether it's in another dimension or whether it's in a different universe, I think that God is so amazing. It's so big, and He has a lot of time on His hands. And if He's created something as amazing as this planet, then He's probably created some other great ones too. That's that's pretty perfect. <laughs> that's pretty justifiable. Oh, I do have another follow-up on that, though. Um, Kind of what I was talking about with the multiverse idea, if I can wax poetic for a second. Um, So I have often thought, especially growing up, about this concept of aliens. And I know that here on Earth, um, we have Christ as our sacrifice and Christ as our redemption, and that's our way to God. But I've thought about in other setups... Um, maybe that's not it. Maybe he has some, like you mentioned earlier, you said just kind of randomly, like maybe you would be worshipped as a god or maybe a car would be a, a deity of some sort. And so in that kind of way, I thought, well, what's their system? 
like we have this Christ as a sacrifice system. Do they have the same thing? And we also have this concept that's really strong in the Bible of blood atonement. So it's the blood of Christ, the blood of the Lamb that will clean you, make you whole. Uh, blood is really like highly revered in uh, Judaism. Like you can't even eat meat with blood in it. They respect it so much. And so it's the source of life. So in aliens, would it be blood? I don't know. Maybe they don't even have blood. Maybe it would be something else. So that's my random thoughts on uh, atonement, blood, and aliens. <laughs> I like that. I did real quick because it was about fudge nugget. Sorry. Blood. No, you're good. Um, aliens. I liked your answer because uh, back in the day, back in the day, like I'm 80 years old, back in the day, like four years ago, <laughs> um, I used to tell Christians, well, what if aliens came and they would literally shoot me down and say, aliens don't exist. It's not real. This is the earth. God created the earth, period. And I was like, well, it's, I mean, what do you mean? There's a lot of things out there. <laughs> there could be a lot of people. Uh, why, you know, maybe he just left this book for us to understand, you know? Maybe there's another Bible on Mars, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that was just, I'm glad. I like the way you answered that one. So, the technical genius, did we figure out the stuff? Did we get it? Okay. Okay. So, according to dummies.com, we do not take credit for this writing here. Uh, Catholics believe in heaven, hell, and something called purgatory that has two purposes: a temporal puni- temporal punishment, so temporary, uh, for sin, and the cleansing of the attachment to sin. So, purgatory purifies the soul before the soul's grand entrance into heaven. I have a talk. Okay, so it's like, so, so, so it's, put this right here in the middle. So it's, so everybody can talk. So it's kind of like what I just said, kind of, no offense, bullshit. Like, okay, you go here, you can apologize, get cleansed, and everything you did. Like, if you murdered 17 people, oh, well, like, I'm sorry. That's one of the things of concept yeah. of the Bible I've never really understood completely, so. The, my issue with this is that it's talking about cleansing from the attachment to, to sin. Is that what said, Victoria? Would you yeah. read the quote? I did say it like that, attachment to and sin. And the cleansing from the attachment to sin, word for word. Yeah, so that bothers me because Christian teaching is that accepting Christ's rules, in, not rules, excuse me, accepting Christ as ruler of your life and deciding to follow him in faith, uh, that's what cleanses your attachment. So it's called, this is like Christianese, so forgive me for this term, but it's like called the sanctification process. So he's making you holy as you live a Christian life. Like you're exactly. letting That's go, you're letting go of sinful nature as you follow him. So like those desires you had to beat somebody up when they made you mad, those go away. He replaces that with love and with patience and tolerance. That's just one example. But I have an issue with that because Christ work on the cross is what detaches us from sin, not a place you go waiting after you die. So that's my understanding on that. Agreed. I mean, now that you say like that's 100% true because God said he, that's that's where he died. He died on the cross for our sins. Yeah. So we're no longer attached. Do we commit sin? Yes. But are we attached to it? No. Yeah. That was done and cut when Jesus died on the cross. Yeah. So again, yeah, I can see how that would I didn't either. The, the, so it is a temporary punishment, 
But if you're going straight to hell, I, I don't yeah, understand why yeah. you. There's also there's also seven levels of purgatory. Yeah, there is that are, too. That are apparently associated with. Um, let's see. Let me open it back up. I had a crazy. So there's. Uh, it says after passing. This is from Wikipedia. So you know. Yeah, with a grain of salt here. Which means this is probably complete horseshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after passing through the gate of purgatory, proper of pur- purgatory proper, Virgil guides the pilgrim Donate through the mountain's is, seven terraces. This is the story of. Um, this is a story written by an Italian author called Dante's Inferno. Okay. So yeah. This, this is, is not legit. This is not legit. Okay. Okay, because this was saying that, like, you know, there's the seven levels of purgatory and that they kind of correspond with the seven deadly sins, which are pride, evil, wrath, sloth, uh, air, air of ice. Which, by the way, guys, are the, which, by the way, guys, are the SpongeBob characters. What? What? Y'all didn't know that? Gluttony and oh, lust are those that. last two. No. Yeah, for the record, everybody listening, Patrick, SpongeBob, Squidward, Mr. Krabs, Pearl, Sandy, and Plankton are all the seven deadly sins. Wow, did not know that. But they based them sense. off of them. Yeah. Mind Thank blown. You. Okay, so Mr. Krabs, Pride, okay. Money, yeah. uh, Squidward, what is his? He's always angry and uh, yeah. I can't name all the, the seven deadly pride. sins. Pride, he's always pride. Plankton, and Envy, Jealous. Let's, let's, oh, go, let's go in order. Okay. okay, so Pride is the first one. Um, Who is that? That's Mr. Krabs. Krabs. Wait, no, I thought... He's very proud. That'd be... We'll come back to that one. We'll come back to it. I thought Pride would be Squidward. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Because he's very prideful yeah, of himself. Yeah. Squidward's pride. Envy. Envy is Plankton. Envy is Plankton. Yeah, for Wrath, sure. Wrath. Hmm. I don't know. It's kind of Plankton, too. Yeah. They went, there's a list. If you just we'll Google, have to look it up. We'll have to, let me see. Google Sloth Spongebob. is definitely... Spongebob and the Sedley, Seven Deadly Sins. Oh. Yeah, so... My crazy thought real quick while our technical genius is looking up that stuff again. I got it. Oh, she got it. Go ahead, Um. So, something, a little thing about the Bible here. Uh, and you, Lonnie, can stop me if I'm wrong at any time. So, according to my knowledge, you know, when the world comes to an end, God's going to come back, take all those people back that are saved, you know, boom, thousands of people go back. But the ones that are left, correct, if I'm correct, uh, we stay here on earth for another seven years. Correct? Or, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, quick comment. There's actually, like, a very many theories on that. So, I can't say whether you're right or wrong because that's one theory. Okay. So, but you're correct according we'll to We'll go hypothetically. Yeah, hypothetically with that one, yes. Hypothetically speaking, the one that I know about is, this is how it's going to take place, is we're going to, God will come back, he'll take the ones that are saved and leave us here to suffer with a demon that I can't remember, or an angel actually that I can't remember the name of, but it's actually not Satan. It's some other it's sent here on earth to do the bad work okay. to the rest of us for not living. Now that's my understanding, my knowledge of the of the of the of the uh, the what's it called? End time. Yes, is that God's gonna come back, save the ones that are saved, and leave the rest here to torment on earth. So here's my question: then. What if this is those seven years here in hell? Okay, because. This place is fucking terrible. I'm just saying. If we really look at it, this is not somewhere we want to stay forever. Correct? Um, and that's a whole different conversation. But, God, I was just thinking about that. What did we figure out? Which one's which? All right. So, those of you who are wondering, Mr. Krabs is greed. Squidward is wrath. 
Pearl. He's always mean. So angry. Yeah. Pearl is lust. Because she's always wanting love and stuff does. like that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Patrick is the sloth. Because he never does anything. He's lazy. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Puff is gluttony. I'm sorry, oh, Mrs. Puff. Yes. Uh, Plankton is envy. Uh-huh. Always on that Krabs. recipe. Yep. And Sandy is pride. Oh, She's very fucking prideful. Yeah. Well, the best now that I, now I saw her, then when I saw her on here, I was like, oh. She has a lot of Texas right. yeah, pride yeah. too, which <laughs> is probably uh-huh. justified, but it's there. <laughs> probably justified <laughs> that as we're on our way back from Texas yeah. here. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. So see, there you go. It's something interesting for SpongeBob guys. Uh, made off uh, the Bible. Um, SpongeBob's just in the middle of all that too. He doesn't. He's not a part of it. So that was a good conversation, a good podcast. One thing I really want to note here is I'm just an honest person. And I love your respect. I liked your open-mindedness to listen and your willingness to give answers, even especially you know being a Christian. And I would say it's almost a minority now to be a Christian, especially with your faith. Uh, you have a very unshaken faith, um, which I respect too. Um, so yeah, guys, this concludes another podcast. Um, Michael, Victoria, bye bye. <laughs> See you guys. Um, we will talk to you guys some other time. So bye bye.